In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool too. With an ice cold cold brew, and not just any cold brew, but one that's slow steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts create our reality. We're thinking Geico offers claim service 24-7 with personalized attention from an assigned team. Geico offers claim service? Um, I-, I wasn't thinking that. We think it and it becomes our reality. So, uh, what about washboard abs? Let's give it a go. Think really hard. Okay, abs, abs, abs. Yep, abs. keep thinking. So manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. Hello there, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. This week, guys, we have uh, a survival story. We've actually got, believe it or not, on this podcast for one of the first times ever, we have got a part of history that is joyful and happy, um, believe it or not, <laughs> if you uh, if you want to believe it. Um, but we have, we have, we are, uh, coveting today, um, one of the greatest World War II pilots, uh, one of the British, uh, this is a British man, uh, a, a man named Sir Douglas Bader. But before we get into the story, I just want to have a quick shout out, um, to everybody who is listening to this podcast. And thank you very, very much, guys, for your continued support, um, during, this year um you know you guys who keep coming back uh week in week out and listening to my episodes uh, loving it absolutely loving it all the messages all the all the love and support that you guys give me is wonderful and it makes me very very happy so thank you very very much for all of that um a special shout out to all you guys who are out there on patreon um i know we have uh, a few of you who have just joined welcome um some of you who have been there for a long long time and been supporting me for well over a year thank you very much to you guys as well patreon is available to everybody um it's just on patreon.com forward slash this week in history you'll find us on there it's five dollars a month it goes to supporting the podcast it's a massive massive boost for me um and you do get access to these episodes slightly early so with that being said we are and now on episode 97 97 out of 100 well not out of 100 we're going past 100 but 100 being the optimum episode for you guys to get your questions into us me and my father for those of you who are new to this and this is your first episode go back you'll notice that my dad is a special guest on uh, quite a lot of episodes actually to be fair but we are doing a special questionnaire for me and my dad. Now, I did one a few a few years ago for just for me, so people who wanted to get to know me and know a few things about me. 
Um, that episode is still available, but this time we're going to cover me and my dad. So these are different questions. Get those questions into me. You can do it on Facebook. You can do it on Patreon. You can do it on email, twihpod at gmail.com. You can do it however you want, but get those questions in because the more questions we have, the better that episode's going to be when we get to episode 100. Uh, At the moment, we're only on 97. So this week, before, without further ado, we shall get started on the episode. This week, we are talking about a fighter pilot, like I said, Group Captain Sir Douglas Bader. Now, Group Captain is an extremely high role in the Royal Air Force. It comes after Flight Lieutenant. It comes after um, Flying Officer, Pilot Officer. It comes after Wing Commander. Um, what's the next one? Squadron Leader. I think it's Squadron Leader, Wing Commander, and then Group Captain. So it's a very, very high, prestigious position in the Royal Air Force. And Douglas Bader is one of the Royal Air Force's most famous pilots. His story has inspired countless people in many different ways. He was determined, fearless and always eager for a challenge. Now, this man became famous because he was one of the best Britain had to offer. And Douglas Bader was born in St. John's Wood in London on 21st of February 1910 and spent the early years of his life in India before returning to the United Kingdom. His uncle was part of the Royal Air Force College at Cranwell and at the age of 11, Bader decided that he wanted to join the RAF. But bearing in mind at this point, he's 20, uh, sorry, 11 years old, it's, it's 1921. The Royal Air Force has not been around very long. Uh, Seven years later, he won a scholarship to Cranwell, graduating in 1930. He was a keen sportsman, representing the college at rugby, shooting, hockey, boxing, athletics, cricket, you name it, he got himself involved. The College Journal reported a boxing match in which Bader, in his usual no-time-to-spare manner, went straight at his opponent and knocked him out with two very hard rights. That's just from a college, um, but it's, it gives you an idea of who he is. He was a man who just went for the jugular. He was fast. He just wanted to be in the moment all the time. From Cranwell, Bader was posted to number 23 squadron at Kenley, flying the Gloucester Gamecock, which was a biplane. He developed talent for aerobatics and in 1931 performed an art and display at RAF Hendon, which is now a museum. On the 14th of December, shortly after the squadron's Gamecocks had been replaced with Bristol Bulldogs, another biplane, Bader crashed at Woodley Aerodrome near Reading and was seriously injured. His right leg was amputated on that day and his left just a few days later. Within six months of the accident, Bader had not only learned to walk unaided, on artificial legs, but was determined to fly again. Now, his accident was due to his own... Well, it was his own fault. Self-proclaimed that it was his own fault. He was actually attempting to do aerobatics at 600 feet, which is not recommended, and he nosedived the plane into the ground. To be honest, he was lucky he got away from the accident, let alone uh, was was able to, to walk a few months later. He was determined, like I said, to actually get get behind the wheel and fly again. 
he had to demonstrate that he could meet RAF requirements. Without that, didn't matter how good he was at flying, how good he'd recovered, without actually hitting the minimum requirements for the RAF, they would never let him be a pilot. Knowing this, he actually left the RAF in 1933, and he joined the aviation department um, of a petroleum company, uh, which ended up becoming Shell. One of the other biggest losses for Bader was the fact that he was such a keen sportsman, as we discussed earlier. Um, He wasn't able to carry on playing things like football, cricket, rugby, things like that. So he took up a gentleman's game, and he took up golf. Uh, A lot easier to play, uh, a lot less damage on his legs, and something that he continued all the way up until his death. In the summer of 1939, Bader was aware that war was just around the corner, and he set out to join the RAF again. He easily passed the flying school credentials and undertook a refresher course before joining number 19 squadron in February 1940. Here, he flew the first supermarine Spitfire, undertaking convoy patrols, but without seeing any action. He was then posted to number 222 squadron at Duxford and saw action over Dunkirk in June 1940. And on the 24th, he was promoted to squadron leader and given command of number 242 squadron at Coltis Hill or Coltis Hall. The squadron had suffered heavy casualties in the Battle of France and Battle of Dunkirk and morale was low. The appointment of a disabled squadron leader was probably not the high point of this squadron's life, but it did turn around. Bader immediately transformed his unit, concentrating on improving his pilot's flying, teamwork and confidence. The squadron's first major success came on 30th of August when they claimed 12 enemy aircraft, of which two were shot down by Bader himself. As the Battle of Britain progressed, Bader led large formations with 242 and other squadrons forming the Duxford Wing. By the end of 1940, Bader's squadron had shot down 67 enemy aircraft for the loss of only five pilots killed in action. In March 1941, Bader left 242 and was promoted to lead the fighter wing based at Tangmere. The RAF now mounted daylight raids on occupied Europe with bombers escorted by large number of fighters to draw German fighters to be attacked. Bader's score rose to 20. Now that might not sound very high when we compare him to someone like the Red Baron in the First World War, um, but for a Second World War pilot, 20 was a, a pretty good score. He also had two confirmed destroyed but they were shared uh, shared kills with uh, another pilot so we can say he got 22 we can say he got 20 but either way he was one of the top marksmen of the sky unfortunately on the 8th of august he was forced to bail out of his spitfire he recorded in his logbook he was shot down by a Schmidt 109 um, he collided had to bail out with a parachute Unfortunately, he couldn't get his leg free, 
and one of his legs was left in the cockpit when it went down. There has been later investigation done into this and they do now believe that he was a victim of friendly fire. Now Bader did have one advantage over his German counterparts and this was the fact that he had no legs which sounds a bit strange that that would be an advantage in an aeroplane but believe it or not it meant that he could deal with the accelerated g-force from turning the plane basically the g-force that is exonerated through turning an aircraft creates the blood to leave your head and pushes the blood as far down into your body as far down as your feet and too much of this causes people to pass out he didn't have that because the blood couldn't go all the way down to his feet because he didn't have any so the blood didn't have to travel as far to get back to his brain and therefore he could outmaneuver the majority of aircraft out there but like i said he bailed out he was parachuted down and he was captured as a prisoner of war now the germans treated bader with great respect he was a flying ace he was a, an raf officer um, he was decorated and he was someone that the germans treated a lot better than they would have treated a normal prisoner now obviously like we said bader had a prosthetic leg that was trapped in the aircraft on his escape the germans actually came up with a plan they wrote a letter to the ministry of defense and the war office in britain and said we've got this guy uh, can you send over a prosthetic leg for him so the british flew a plane over and dropped a prosthetic leg out of the aircraft for bader so he had two legs again that just gives you a little bit of an idea of how well respected he was it was actually dubbed uh, operate or leg operation um, on the 19th of August 1941 so there was that respect there for him the Germans were less impressed with him when he tried to escape uh, he escaped one uh, one camp by tying together loads of bed sheets shimmying down the window and trying to run away he then got caught because the rope did not touch the ground and he was in no position to jump um, there was a few other times where he actually uh, escaped as well and was caught again and again and again he basically became a thorn in the german side because he i mean they, they almost lost count it was around sort of 15 or 20 times he was caught trying to escape in fact it was actually one german officer that said to him um if you carry on we'll just take your legs off you so you won't have any legs to be able to escape he was then put in koditz castle which was pretty much an unescapable fortress um, and he did not try to escape again believe it or not um but it's it goes to show that his determination as as a man to get back to what he loved doing and, and to, to survive. You know, a lot of people um, in prisoner of war camps found themselves carrying on with the mundane life that, that was left with them and the punishments that, that came along with it. Um, this man, although severely disabled, um, in no circumstances is able to run away. 
managed to, um, on a few occasions, actually escape these prisoner of war camps. Um, these included things, like I said, shimmying down th- uh, a window, crawling under barbed wire. Um, on one occasion, the lighting went out in a concentration camp while he was in the yard. And because the lighting went out, he made a run for it. And again, he got caught. But I mean, every time he got caught, but it didn't deter him. He carried on doing it. But he returned back to the UK and he was given a period of leave. Bader was then promoted to group captain. Like I said, group captain is an extremely high position in the Royal Air Force. Um, and it's it's a very prestigious um, accolade to get. He took command of the 1st Fighter Leaders School and then the Northweld Fighter Section. He was given an honour in leading the 1st Battle of Britain fly past on the 15th of September 1945. And for those of you who don't know what the Battle of Britain fly past is, something that we still do pretty much, I would say it's almost a yearly thing, um, especially when we have... Um, royal events so sometimes it's on the queen's birthday um this year for example is the 70th jubilee um so you will see a battle of britain fly past and essentially that is a lancaster bomber flanked by a spitfire and a hurricane and that will fly down the mall over buckingham palace and back to uh south croydon which is where they are from uh, biggin hill raf biggin hill um so Well, the Lancaster Bombers, I don't believe, dock there, but I know the Spitfires definitely do. Bader finally left the Royal Air Force in March 1946, and he realised that his legs would make it difficult for him to serve in hot climates, which would limit his ability to gain experience needed for a further promotion. It also had become clear to him that post-war RAF would be very different to the one in which he served. So he joined to be a fighter pilot now he knew that he wasn't going to be fighting he also saw the introduction of modern aircraft the jet planes that were coming in um and again possibly realized that he wasn't going to he wasn't going to be a pilot much longer um these these newer planes required a lot more um precision and things that a prosthetic limb just probably wouldn't give him the ability to do He rejoined Shell, the petroleum company, in July 1946, flying the company's aircraft around Europe and the Middle East, Far East. Bader became a managing director at Shell Aircraft. He retired in 1969, already a well-known pilot. His fame grew in 1954 with a publication of Paul Brickhill's biography, Reach for the Sky, and again, a feature film that was based on the book was released the following year. And believe it or not, I got back into the caravan today. Uh, for those of you who know, I work away from uh, from home, and I record in a caravan. I got back in, and the guy who I share a caravan with, I started saying, like, this is the story I'm going to do. And he just went, he said the name, and he went, yeah, there's a film about him as well. And I was just like, Right, okay. So I thought it was a fascinating story and, and here we are, he already knew it. So um yeah, I know I know he um it's a it's a mate like some of these stories that we come up with and, and I, I hear things and I sort of think this is a, a great idea for a story and then when I tell it to someone and they already know, I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that great of a story then or it's not that uh not that um obscure 
I suppose, as a, as I thought it was. Um, from 1972 to 1978, he was a member of the Civil Aviation Authority and chaired a committee set up to examine the effects of flying time on pilot fatigue. The committee made a number of recommendations which would help prevent accidents. He was a keen supporter of the RAF Museum, which is based in Hendon, which is just down the road from where my dad lives. So if there's any questions in regards to the RAF Museum, uh, feel free to, to drop those questions our way. Um, and was involved in raising funds for the Battle of Britain Museum, which is now called Battle of Britain Hall. Much of Bader's time was devoted to encouraging those who had lost limbs many new amputees who received unexpected visits or inspiring letters. In the course of a brief conversation with Bader, uh, he brought hope and despair to a newspaper reporter. He said, he quoted him saying, don't listen to anyone who tells you that you can't do this or that. That's nonsense. Make up your own mind. You'll never use crutches or a stick. Then have a go at anything. Never, never let them persuade you that things are too difficult or impossible. He was awarded a CBE, which is a commanding order of the British Empire in 1956, and he was knighted Sir Douglas Bader in 1976. The exertion of walking on artificial legs for over 50 years placed extra stress on his heart and he died at the age of 72 in 1982 now that's the story of sir douglas bader group captain douglas bader um one of britain's best war heroes um a man who fought a fought for his country and and one like i said this is one of those stories where it's actually quite a nice part of history you know this guy um overcame adversity overcame a physical impairment and and still managed to fight for his country and and progress to a point where he was widely recognized as as one of the most famous pilots of his generation so a different story for you this week a shorter story but we tend to find with uh, some of these more i would say these more obscure episodes they do tend to be slightly shorter um because you know the detail is really in in the story of of him so let me know what you think so i quite like these shorter little stories i have got a few more coming up um, a few more weird ones. They are strange war stories that I've found and strange war heroes. Um, so these will be coming up very shortly for you guys. And like I said, I mentioned it at the start. Just to get those messages into me, join that Facebook group this week in history. Like I said, we've had new people, uh, getting new people every day now, which is fantastic. So get yourselves onto that group, um, and drop me a message. So, Let's get those questions in for episode 100. Thank you very much for listening, guys, and we shall see you next week. Bye-bye. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool, too. With an ice-cold cold brew, and not just any cold brew, but one that's slow-steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top, 
That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.